Ultra. Welcome back to the Cornetto Minute, the daily podcast where we crawl our way to the bitter end or logger end of the world's end one minute at a time. I'm Scott Corelli. I'm Nick Jimenez. Today, we're preparing to annihilate Minute 13, which begins with Andy showing Gary the wind door and ends with Gary telling Andy that he loves the boys like brothers, but... It's so interesting how uh, how the screenplay lets little bits of his interactions with the other musketeers bleed into his conversation with Andy, mm-hmm. whether, uh, what did you have to call the missus, you know, right to the lentil, right. It doesn't it's, have a lentil. It's just kind of a fun way to show. I don't know. If, I don't know why you would think these aren't in sequential order, but just to sort of place the audience. Right. 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 Uh, I love that. He's like, uh, you know, his logic is, is that a door? It doesn't have a lentil. And it's glass. So is it a window <laughs> or is it a door? I guess it's a window. You can have that. What is he going to do with that, Gary? He's a lawyer. It's not like like if he'd said that to Stephen, like it would make sense because it's like, oh, yeah, you can invent the window. Like oh, I, yeah. you can have that. Um, oh, you know, to, I don't know. To me, it's just classic Gary. It's yeah. like uh, it's kind of like that. Like, oh, any, anything I'm saying is brilliant. It's like. This is going to sound like, you know, pot calling the kettle black, but those people that are like, oh, we should start a podcast. Right. That's just us talking. People would listen to this. Right. <laughs> you know, this, you know, this podcast where it's like, it's us ranting and raving about the latest stuff to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, those, those podcasts are exclusively uh, produced by white dudes. Yeah. Yep. It's called like. <laughs> the, the the art is just them screaming. Right. We're a little twisted. Yeah. Shooting the shit with Bob, you know. Mark, and Todd. Yeah, right. And every Ugh. week, one of our roommates or friends that has never podcasted before on the couch. <laughs> their uh their artwork is like uh is like a like a gun like shooting a pile of shit. <laughs> And then just the poop emoji, just yeah. like a gun shooting yeah. the poop emoji. The word triggered just kind of thrown on there. Yeah. Trigger. Yeah. No safe yeah. spaces. <laughs> uh, I love the way that Nick Frost stands up and shows him the door. It's so pronounced. It's so pronounced and awkward. Like, mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm going to show this guy. Here it is. It's, uh, it's, it's very, uh, yeah, it's like he's he's performing a little bit. Yeah, he's performing in the same way that I think Steven was. Mm-hmm. Like, I think O-Man is the only person. Now, he, he I, I don't think they're all over Gary fully because they all showed up. But I think Oliver is probably the most over Gary or has thought the least about Gary. I think Oliver is what's weird, too, is that I think Oliver is the one who's changed the least. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he sort of self-actualized early. Yeah, he's he self-actualized in high school, and he it's evolved 
that that same self-actualization has evolved uh, and, and combined with reality, mm-hmm. but he's still the same guy. Uh, I think that I think that Peter is different because now he's like a, a husband and a father, which is going to give you some different vibes um, yeah. to a certain extent. I think he is a little wiser, Peter, right uh, about about his uh, his his worldview and things. Um, and he's completely different. And Stephen is uh, completely different. Andy and Stephen, I think, are the two that have made the most effort to transform. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, I actively don't want to be the person that I was back then. Right. Right. And it's important um, for me for certain. It's important to me for certain people to see that I have changed. Right. Oliver has naturally stayed mostly the same, whereas Gary has like actively tried to stay the same. Yes. I refuse, refuse to, to accept the, any change whatsoever. That, yeah. That I'm 40. Yeah. Whereas I, Oliver like just hasn't had to. Like it just, it's it's just like what well, it, everything's come up, Oliver. Like yeah, I Oliver's I almost been waiting to be forty, right? Yeah, he was forty at eighteen. Yeah, yeah. I've known a couple of those. Oh yeah, I think we all have, right? You ever you ever meet a kid who's like eight, but he's already like, oh boy. Yeah, I think I think I was one of those people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think that was me. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I, I think I've always been a little forty. Um. Honestly, uh, you, yeah, and you and and you've kept the parts of yourself that I think made you the happiest as a child. Mm-hmm. Like you haven't, uh, you know, like you, not you know, you 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 sold you sold and you let go of what was holding you back. Oh yeah, sure. Like you, you know, when you when you made the move out here, you sold a bunch of your comics, but. Basically have, everything. Basically everything because Th- you're like, thousands of dollars of comics. Yeah, because you're like, oh, this is physically weighing me down. Right. I, I can't. I can't move to the West Coast because I have all of this shit. Yeah. So you you shed it because you're like, oh well, I read it. It's in my brain. It's in my heart. I'm not gonna. Right. I'm not denying it, but I'm also not gonna like. No, I can't move because of my stuff, my precious stuff. Right. Which is what some people do. Right. You're exactly right. Um. Uh, yeah, I don't know. You, you, I don't, I don't know how much I think you've changed also, but I can't quite pinpoint in what ways. Yeah. I, I, I'd like to think that I'm, I like to think that I'm more, I don't know. I think I just don't let stuff, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how I've changed. I don't yeah. Know. You I, definitely have. I just can't quite. Because you're you're still just you. Like you've mm-hmm. always been this character. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I do think I I think too though you also have that that forty year old thing. Like you're 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 able to like simultaneously be a teenager and a forty year old at the same time. Yeah, I mean that, that's probably why I was kind of easier for you to talk to when I was a teenager and you were yeah. a person in their early twenties, which. I don't know how many 17 year olds I would have had the patience for when I was 22 or 23. Right. Right. Cause like you do have that, like <laughs> you, you have, you, you definitely feel like somebody's dad. Oh, thank you. I, I, yeah. I, I actually get that a lot from friends. Yeah. Uh, that are like, you just seem like, cause I remember, I think someone was like, you're, it's like meeting someone's dad in the past. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Completely. Yes. 
Like, oh yeah, because what- you remember. I mean, like we would get criticized on uh, Back to the Future Minute and reviews and stuff about how they'd be like, "Yeah, this guy is like always talking about the weather and like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, like that's just your vibe. You're like an old man talking about the weather. I say things like that's how they get you. Yeah, that's how they get you. <laughs> <laughs> nice outside today, huh? Uh, nice weather, huh? Oh, man, it's really raining cats and dogs. But, you know, I think we probably needed it. <laughs> <laughs> Just like surface level, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, I'd like to think that I'm not as insecure as I was, as, uh, as I think, uh, yeah, as, as nervous about being my most authentic self. Mm-hmm. In yeah, regular- you're more confident. Yeah, thank you. I think that's how it's I think that's how things have changed. I think I think you're relatively the same person, but you're just like more confident about it. Yeah. Whereas like I, you know, depending on what circles I was in, I think I would retreat a little bit. Mm -hmm. I was like, I don't know who these people are. I don't want them to. (laughs) I don't want to be weird right now because I don't know how they'll react to it. (laughs) Uh, Uh, Not to say that you're not to say that you. I don't. I don't know. It depends on the group setting and how comfortable you feel. Yeah. How quickly you feel comfortable? I should say. It'll be interesting to see how I am, how we all are coming out of this. I mean, we yeah. not 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 to place the podcast too much, but I think we've all retreated into our own spaces, literally. Mm-hmm. And so it'll be interesting to see how we all, as a culture, sort of interact with the world once we get outside. Yeah, for sure. Whether it'll be with less fear or more fear. Like there are those jokes about how like, oh, I'm just going to like make out with everyone that I see like. Right. Out of like, or, you know, people that are going to be the opposite of that. Right. I don't know. I think the worst, the worst part about it is that it's not going to be a light switch like everyone wants it to. We're not going to get that. um, For free. Yeah. We're not going to get that sort of, uh, what is that? Catharsis. catharsis we're not going to get that catharsis like it's not going to happen um and so you know you want the light switch catharsis but i don't i don't think we're going to have that i think we're going to it's going to be a a transition and there's nothing cathartic about a transition and and actually i i think that's actually really astute scott because speaking of transformation or you know, kind of going, you know, to even go back to the characters in the movie. I don't think that I think the light switch transformation itself is a fallacy. Yes. Whereas, you know, there's this, uh, there's this, there's this George Harrison lyric. There's a song by George Harrison that I really love called "The Art of Dying," um, for obvious reasons. And, um, <laughs> there's this line. I'm going to butcher it, but he's like, "And once you have it, you'll have no need for it." Mm-hmm. Where I think that's something that I learn about as I as I learn about meditation or or you know trying to learn more about going inward and reflecting is that you want stuff like oh I I wish this negative memory would go away I wish I could I, t- I told my therapist like I wish I could just hip go to a hypnotist and be hypnotized and just have this traumatic memory go away and just never think about it again right but that would be escaping right and what really will happen is i will outgrow the attachment to the traumatic memory right to where i actually won't even want to get rid of it anymore it just won't be a thing right you know growth is not wanting the thing that you wanted before so that even when you get it you don't need it the way that you know it's like uh you know 10 years ago 15 years ago 
you were like, oh, we were like, oh, as soon as I get to LA, I just need to get to LA. Right. And then once we get there, we're not the same people anymore. Right. So it's like, oh, it, it's, it's different than it did. It's different than it felt before. Right. And I think going, you know, the kind of, if it, it, it reminds me a lot of what Andy and Steven are going through, which is like, I think if they, as much as they wanted to, for Gary to not matter, just that want is itself <laughs> stopping them from letting go, go of Gary. Yeah. By wanting to impress him and wanting to show him the door. Mm-hmm. It's, it's performative. Mm-hmm. It's it's showing that you haven't actually let go of this person. You haven't outgrown this person. Right. Because yeah, it's not it's not a light switch thing. It's like how people de- uh like they'll, you know, daydream about winning the lottery or yeah. uh uh waking up tomorrow having suddenly lost 60 pounds and you've got abs like Spider-Man, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's like it's like, "Oh yeah, wouldn't that be great?" or or "Oh man, what if what if I had a uh, uh, you know, daydream about having a, a genie and like, I get all these, uh, wishes and whatever, like I'm going to be rich and successful. That's what I want. And it's like, yeah, we day- daydream about that stuff because yeah, it would be cool, <laughs> but there's a reason why you never hear about people winning the lottery. It's not because it doesn't happen. It's because those people fall apart because, yeah, because they fall into the deep end of like suddenly having all this money and they do nothing with it. They do nothing mm-hmm. like they become nobody. They just disappear in the money and you never hear from them again. Um, or they spend all of it and then they're just the same person they were before they won. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, uh, you know, and you and obviously the the uh, waking up with Spider-Man abs is not a real thing. But right. the, the 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 point is that, like, all this stuff takes transition. And you have to build toward those things. Like you, you're not going to be rich overnight. You might not ever be rich, but you can have more money than you have now just by like, you know, financial planning and working working hard, trying to get a different job, working for yourself, whatever, whatever, whatever ends up working for you. Mm -hmm. But, but it's not going to be an overnight thing and working out is not going to be an overnight thing. Like it's going to take... It's going to take months and years to get to the point that you have Spider-Man abs. Like or it just is. Or it's like, uh, you know how, you know, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts where they're like interviewing a successful person. Yeah. Whether it's like, you know, like they'll be interviewing like a, like an actor, you know, like, I don't know, like Brie Larson or somebody. And the, uh, the interviewer will say something like, wow, did you ever think you would get here? Like, and there's always that moment where the person's like, Oh yeah. Oh shit. <laughs> yeah. Like right. 14, I'm here. 14 year old, whatever Brie Larson or whoever would daydream about winning an Oscar or playing a superhero or being a successful actor. But like, Oh, it doesn't feel the way that I thought it would because it, it was a journey. It wasn't, you know, you don't wake up a success. You don't wake up having changed. Right. And if that happened, you would be so overwhelmed that you wouldn't enjoy it. Yeah. It because you'd be like, you like wake up one morning. They're like, hey, congratulations. Uh, you were nominated for uh, best actress in your high school play uh, at the Oscars. 
and uh, <laughs> you have to go to the Oscars today, and uh, you're probably going to win, so you're going to have to have a yeah. have a you know get a dress and. Oh, do, by the by the way, you you can move a car now with your with your strength with just your regular strength. You <laughs> yeah, can move a car. Like, that would be insane. That would yeah. be insane. Um, completely insane. Uh, so yeah, I don't I don't think. We, we, our brains need that transition. You can't do the light switch thing as much as we all like to daydream about it mm-hmm. and fantasize about the light switch solution. Um, it's just not going to happen. The light switch solution is not real. Yeah. I, and I think the reason that Andy doesn't seem to be very happy is, you know, apart from like, you know, his wife left him. He doesn't seem to be living in his space with a lot of joy or peace because I don't think he's emotionally really let go of that accident 15 years ago. Right. Which brings me to the next thing. Yeah. Uh, so he asked him to leave. All right. Plan A isn't working. So mm-hmm. Gary is like, okay, time for plan B. And he pulls out 600 pounds. <laughs> And he puts it on the table. And he's like six hundred, wasn't it? And he he le- paper bag of cash, leaves it on the desk, um, and then brings up like, oh, like my mom, my mom died, right? And so this is this is his B plan, mm. and um, the big cancer, the big cancer. Uh, but the six hundred dollars, yeah. Where do you think the six hundred dollars? Why did he borrow it? What was it for? I think it was I think it was always for this. I, no, no, I mean he borrowed $600 oh, from Andy at some point. Oh, right, like back back in the, the day. Right, that he's paying back, that he's uh, owed him for years. I what assume, do you think it was? Oh god, I want to say that it has something to do with either drugs mm-hmm. or the beast. Mhm. Okay. Or bail? Yeah. So actually, I, I, I'm, I'm as I'm piecing together what I think is happening. I'm wondering if what happened was. So last week, I I mentioned that my theory was that um, they, uh, that Andy, Andy and Gary were the first to sort of break up, mm-hmm. and then the others followed suit afterward. Shortly afterward. But there's a line in um, tomorrow's minute that says uh, uh, that they they stopped following Gary in 1992, around 1992. Mm. 16 years is 1997. Ah. So that means that I think you might have been right and that Andy was the last one to to let go of Gary. Okay. And, And if that's the case, then I wonder if... The $600, what if the $600 was Andy paying for Gary's rehab and Uh. then Gary left rehab, like without being sober, Hmm. got, you know, high or drunk or whatever, and then drove Andy and ended up in the accident. And so not only did he bail on the rehab that Andy paid for, but then got him in an accident and ran away. Yeah. And then Andy go to jail. Yeah. And then leaving Andy behind. And it's like, it it was just like everything stacked on top of each other. And that was the final straw. Yeah. That's a heck of a final straw. Right. 
I buy the that. idea that the guy that you paid for their rehab quit rehab and then drove your car into a tree or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that. Yeah, and I mean not for nothing, but I don't know. I don't know what the economic situation in the UK in the mid nineties were like, but I know if I'm twenty five, yeah, and I drop six hundred dollars for a friend's rehab, right? That's not money that I have at at the at the ready. No. And he's he's in law school at that point too. Oh my gosh, yeah. Yeah. So it it says a lot about his love for Gary that he even right. had was like, "Okay, I'm going to go into debt possibly." Right. Pull money out, maybe even ask my mom for money. Right. You know, cuz yeah, 600 600 is a lot when you're at that age. I mean, it's a lot now, but right. it's a, it's a lot when you're not a real adult yet. Right. We'll have to see if there's any more references to what this money was spent on um, later in the movie. If there's anything like subtle that we can pick up like this, mm-hmm. um, I can see if we can't continue to put the pieces together. It's impossible to say now. I can't remember. I can't remember if I, how much of Gary's story I bought the first time that I watched this. Uh huh. Like even if, even the mom thing, cause I, oh no! I mean, there the the way that he the the beat of the big cancer. I mean, I knew he was lying. Okay. Like, yeah, yeah. I I definitely picked up that he was lying. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's a thing where he is lying, but he's also, you know, the best the best lies are the ones that are honest. Definitely, yeah. And I feel like this is one of those situations where, you know. His mom being dead is a lie, mm-hmm. but everything that he says following that is not. Yeah. Like, oh, the others are my brothers, but you, you know. Well, yeah. We don't get to that line yet until tomorrow. But, yeah. Yeah. But, but he does, but he does say, like, it got me thinking about us and the old days. How, it, yeah, the old days and how it used to be. Right. Yeah. And those, and you're right. Those are the best slash worst, most effective lies, I should say, because the person telling them has so much truth to back it up with. Right. Of like, yeah, I lied about the mom being dead, but I was, everything else was real. Everything else was true. And let's focus on that. Right. But I had to say the lie in order for you to listen to the truth. Mm -hmm. People, man. Yeah. It's like, it's like wrapping medicine in a, in a sausage when you give it to a dog. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, hell yeah. Sausage. (laughs) Wait a minute. (laughs) There's something in here. This sausage tastes like medicine. The idea of a dog registering betrayal is really funny to me. <laughs> yeah. Betrayal is is uh is a very human human very specific emotion that the idea of an animal feeling betrayal is really funny. I feel like cats can feel betrayal. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I'm not I, sure. I think cats can feel anger cuz I know like if I guess the closest a dog can come to feeling betrayed is when they're like given a bath. Yeah. Like, oh, you made me do I don't like this. Well, that's I think cats feel more betrayed by getting a bath. Yes. Than dogs. Because some dogs love baths. Yeah, I guess I think about uh the Chihuahua that I used to live with. Yeah. No, little dogs don't like baths because they get really cold and scared <laughs> and they don't know what's happening. But that's like that's like their everyday life. They're they're like cold and scared of everything. What's happening? Yeah. <laughs> Why are you doing this to me? Why am I so small? Yeah. Who are you? Get out of my yard. Yeah. It's like that. It's like those pictures you sent Bethany of of Travis getting a bath. Yeah, where he just looks 
he just looks so terrified so of everything. Pathetic. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's so not his energy most of the time. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Um, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh I, I I think that's how this is working out for him is he's just uh he's using his mom's death <laughs> fake death to get Andy's attention and then using his attention to tell him the truth. It's pretty low. It's it is low. It is low, but it's it's the only thing that's going to work because yeah. Andy's not listening to him. It's uh it's he's just, not even making eye contact. Yeah. He's sort of uh he's the most He's the most over Gary. Yeah. Or yeah, the the, sure. the best at not like, no, I don't want to. I don't want to see you again. I don't want this anymore. Yeah. Uh, um. Well, this episode may be over, but there are other podcasts at Dueling <laughs> Genre. Uh, you can go to DuelingGenre.com and check out some of them. And uh, we've hosted Back to the Future Minute. You can find 345 episodes dedicated to that trilogy. Uh, and, and, you know, hosted by Nick and I, uh, starting in 2015. So that was like five years ago. Can you believe that? Wow. Yeah, I know. <laughs> five years ago. Um, so, uh, there's back to the future minute and then there's Spider-Man minute, which I co-host with Zach Luna. Uh, of course, past guest of this show, Zach Luna, past and future show. guest, Cat, past and future guest, I'm sure. Um, so, uh, there's that that's going on. And then, uh, I've got Theme Park This, which is a theme park podcast that I yeah. do with Brian Green and Kyle Crane. And uh, we we talk about um, uh, our ideal version of a theme park based on a particular uh, a topic of yes. some sort. Um, this week's episode, we have we have an episode that just came out this this past weekend, and it was for The Simpsons, which I know what you're thinking. The Simpsons has a theme park. It's at Universal Studios, and you'd be right, but it sucks. And we talk about that, and we talk about uh, the ways in which it could have been better and propose our own versions of a Simpsons theme park. And uh, I think we do a pretty good job. I'm, I'm particularly proud of my e-ticket ride. Um, oh, I'm excited. Yeah, So because uh, it's not I – don't, I don't know that anyone would have thought to turn what I turned into a ride into a ride, but I Great. did it. Um, so, uh, check that out. That's uh theme park this. And then of course, if you like Dr. Who, and if you're watching this and you like British stuff, you probably do like Dr. Who to some extent. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe check out the doctor's companion. That's the show that Nick and I, uh, host with our, our best friend in the world, Cassandra Fredrickson mm-hmm. and, uh, past guest of this show, of course, future guest, probably if she ever gets around to actually watching this movie. Um, and, uh, uh, we, uh, we, we talk about, it. in fact, if you like the world's end, you'll probably like Dr. Who, because this is basically a Dr. <laughs> Who episode in many ways. Yeah. Um, the world's end is, is, is a Dr. Who episode, particularly like a Russell T Davies episode. Yes. A hundred percent. So, uh, anyway, check out the doctor's companion. We talk about every story by every doctor, one doctor at a time, which means our seasons cover like the first story of every doctor, the second story of every doctor, the third, se- third story fourth fifth etc i think we're going into season seven or eight um pretty soon yeah uh, so we'll be talking about the first doctor's like seventh or eighth story i forget where we're at uh, but uh check that out that is the doctor's companion and those are all the podcasts that we do on uh, dueling genre but there's so much more check it out duelinggenre.com and uh we are we'll be back tomorrow to talk about minute 14 but for now 
Let's boo-boo. Bye.